Hi, and welcome to Over the Barrel, the Sun-Times Media Local Beer Podcast. I'm host Ben Meyerson. I'm Rich Bird. And we're out here today at Sketchbook Brewing Company with Sean Decker and Caesar Marin. Um, Sean, Caesar, thanks for uh, letting us into your uh, program here. Oh, absolutely. It's great to have you here. Um, so, first off, uh, could you guys just tell us a little bit about uh, background, about Sketchbook? Where are you guys now in your process of creating a brewery, and uh, where are you going? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. So, we're, we're, <laughs> we are, uh, we're basically in construction phase still, ordering equipment, um, getting a lot of our other, you know, things uh, in place for, for our opening. Um, but there's been, a, there's been a lot that's been going on in the last, you know, several months, including permits, uh, everybody knows the TTB <laughs> can take months, um, and uh, local permits, uh, and, uh, and just rallying up everything else that we need to get things moving. Mm-hmm. I should say we're out here. It's, a, it's an unfinished room out here in Evanston, Illinois here. Um, lots of construction going on, but uh, you guys have a pretty clear plan for, at this point for where you want to put stuff in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 really pretty amazing to me. Uh, just kind of discovering as we're kind of figuring this out as we go, in, in large part, and uh, the amount of things that you have to do before you ever get to brew a batch of beer is truly amazing to me. So um, everything from the licensing to the to the planning to the budgeting to the zoning to the you know um, building permits to the actual you know construction to the gear, it's just incredible. So we're, we're, we're thick in that right now, and I think we're both getting kind of really a little antsy about making some beer, actually. <laughs> so, What are your target dates for opening and for getting that first batch out? We are hoping to, uh, to be ready to go end of July, August, with actually beer, beer on tap. Yeah, that's, that, let's keep our fingers crossed on that, for sure. Uh, beer that you actually make here in this particular space? Yes, that, that's correct, yes. And to, to Sean's point, I mean, we, we haven't, uh, I, I, as a home brewer, I used to brew like almost every week. And now it's been a few months where <laughs> I have to, you know, look around for time and then brew at night sometimes just to get something going so we can share with friends and, 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 and prospects, if you will. And we're also, I mean, both of us are, are working on recipes and things, you know, and always have been. I mean, that's kind of where we started. We're still doing that at home. But, you know, it's... It's once, once you know you've got this space here and you still can't use it, it's a little, you know, it's a little frustrating. Uh, tell us about your particular style of brewing, Sean first and then Caesar. Well, for me, I mean, I've been doing this for, I guess, about three years now. And uh, I'm the sort of person who kind of throws himself whole body into things. And so that's what happened. You know, I would, I would say obsessed is probably not too strong of a word. And uh, so... You know, it, for me, it started like in, uh, I'm an artist and teach art, and I was at Oxbow up in Saugatuck teaching, and a bunch of my grad students up there, um, you know, they, uh, they were supposed to have money to buy the books for the class, and they didn't, so they started bartering me with their home brews that they'd been making <laughs> up there. And, uh, and so I tasted those, and I was pretty amazed at how good they are, and that's, that's what, like, made me think, wow, I could do this too, and I came back, and Bought, bought a system and, and read 10, 15 books and uh, have been brewing probably once every two weeks ever since. So, um, so I really love it. It's, it's, it's kind of like magic to me still. Uh, so it's new. So that's my history. Do you have any particular styles of beer that you enjoy making? You know, it's, I've, I've grown into a bunch of styles. When I, when I first started, I, was, I would concentrate on a lot of sort of dark, kind of roasty sorts of beers, you know, porters and stouts. 
and things like that. Um, I've since really kind of moved into really liking a lot of Belgian styles. So I've been focusing more on that lately. Um, my wife is a real kind of hophead, hops fan, and much more than I am. And so she's forcing me to make, you know, a lot of kind of IPAs and fairly hoppy beers and hoppy Belgian beers too. And, um, you know, it's sort of out of style, but, but kind of a lot of people are doing those kinds of beers these days. And uh, I guess I've begun to actually like hops more than I used to as well, so. What about you, Caesar? Well, it's pretty amazing to hear Sean, uh, Sean talking the way he just did it. It, it. it doesn't surprise me that I found him to be uh, my brewing partner <laughs> in the business. Um, I share a lot of the same things that Sean mentioned. I mean, obsessed about brewing, obsessed about the process. I love uh, all the science behind it from the physics and the chemistry and the biology that goes with it. That's actually one of the reasons why I got into, into brewing uh, about four, four and a half years ago when my wife bought me a home brewing kit. And uh, from there, just, you know, it never stopped. Uh, more equipment every month, more recipes every month, and, uh, uh, you know, it helps that my, my wife is a, is a, appreciates beer as well. So we're always brewing. I'm brewing for her and brewing for her family, uh, for friends. Um, I, uh, in terms of, like, what I like to brew, uh, I like to brew everything, uh, especially things that I can't find. So mo not too long ago, I started getting into uh, historical beers, um, including Polish Grazer or Gorgiski, um and Adam beers and some other beers that are really, you know, something that you can't find on the shelves, basically. Um, and that really draws me, it drew me in, just to learn the history and then and, and find recipes uh, that are not in the books. Uh, ingredients that sometimes you have to do yourself at home, like roasting certain things in the oven. Um, so that, that really, uh, really intrigues me. Uh, and, uh, and that's, you know, the, I joined the Evanston Homebrew Club, and that got me even going further and then doing more. Um, entered competition since 2012. Uh, been, I guess, lucky. I've been winning them left and right. So, <laughs> and and yeah. So it, it's really, it's really very. Uh, it's an amazing feeling to just serve something to somebody that you made, and then see them like and smile and ask for more. You mentioned that Grazer now. Something you didn't mention was that you took that to a contest with Sam Adams, right? Was that the same kind? That's right. That's the right. the so, Grazer, yeah. the Grazer or the Polish Grodziski is the beer that I entered last year for the Sam Adams uh, uh, long shot competition. So how'd that go? That, well, that, that went great. <laughs> I, I won. <laughs> so, I don't know. That was a short answer, I guess. <laughs> What's coming up? They're going to market that now? Uh, Sam Adams, yes. Sam Adams will market uh, my beer, the Grazer, which they call the Grazer, okay. and uh, two others. Uh, one other home, uh, national home brewer that also won with uh, Russ uh, Brenner. He won with a, uh, uh, an American stout. And then there's also an internal employee from Sam Adams, which was a separate competition. She's going to... They're going to brew her uh, pineapple IPA. So this will come on a, on a six-pack, two of each beers, and, oh, really? and it'll, okay. it'll be on the shelves, uh, I believe, uh, the week after next. Yeah, Excellent. April 17th or so. We'll have to bring a bottle by for you to sign. Let's talk a little bit about the concept of nanobrew, because that's the first thing that jumped off the, the page when, when we found you. You're, you're actually trying to keep it very small. That, that's right. We're, we're, we are going to be very small um, in the realm of, of craft uh, breweries. Uh, the term nanobrewery is not really a, a term that's, that, you know, that's been, it's just been coined, but it's not a term defined by anybody. It's recognized by, 
by the government as a craft brewery. Okay. So nano is just like, you know, well, it's smaller than micro. <laughs> so that, that's what it is. And usually it's anything below 10 barrels. Some places you're going to hear it says it's below four barrels. Some places are going to say seven. Um, but what it really is is your, your, your production and your ability to do small batches. Uh, you could brew three times a day on a seven barrel, and you're going to brew a lot more. Uh, so that, and that's what we are about. We're going to be, we're going to be brewing multiple recipes, uh, lots of different flavors and, and recipes in a smaller system so that we, we're able to be nimble and move those quickly and then have something fresh and new uh, all the time. How often will you be brewing? Um, initially, we'll, we'll most likely be brewing about you know, three times every couple weeks or twice a week at most. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess we didn't mention that yet. I mean, we're, we're not quitting our day jobs. <laughs> so this is, this is uh, you know, based on passion, and, and we'll do this uh, any time that we have available. So one of the things I would add, too, about um, nanobreweries is that, you know, often you think of, when you think nanobrewery, you just think about the size of the brewery, which is, you know, what Cesar was talking about in terms of, you know, um, how, how they're categorized, microbrewery, nanobrewery. But another thing I think that's very typical for nanobreweries is that they're, that they're strictly local. So what, one of the things that we'll do is we will, you know, we're not going to bottle beer, um, certainly not at first. I mean, there's, there's probably some possibility of that down the road. But really what, what we're mostly interested in is uh, making beer for our local community. So we're something more akin to a kind of a classic artisan, like a baker or a butcher shop or something like that that, that supplies really high-quality you know, foods that are locally made to the neighborhood. And so it's intrinsically then also about sustainability. So for us, and this is important to, to both of us, we're, this is a, a big reason to be small actually, is that, that we can only do growler fills, which means you're using reusable, you know, containers for everything. There's no transportation. There's, you know, very, very much decreased refrigeration required. You know, everything about the whole process is inherently much more sustainable when it's local. And this, this really fits with Cesar's interest in traditional kinds of, um, you know, recipes and things like that too, because those recipes all came from a time when breweries were local and every town had a brewery and it was, they were brewing for the people around them just for beer for everyday use. And that's something that we're really, uh, would love to see happen here in Evanston. This is the concept of community-sponsored brewery that you're talking about? Now, what else plays into that? I, I had read a little bit about the um, recycling of spent grain, but you know, from beginning to end, you're dealing with local restaurants, or are you just dealing with you know local residents, or is it both? What, how are you reaching out to the community? Yes, uh, the, the, so the the idea of a community-supported uh, brewery, which uh, I, I must give credit to to Big Isle Brewing. I mean, they they actually started that. They actually, I believe, even even coined that term. So we're repeating that here in Evanston, a little north of them, um, and. The idea behind that is that we, we are local, we are serving the, the community, people, I mean, mostly people that can actually walk or bike to our, to our, to our brewery to get their growlers and take home. Um, but not just that, we're also uh, collaborating with restaurants, collaborating with, with, uh, with the chefs around, the, around the, the area to bring flavors that they would like to, to, to put into their own restaurants. Um, and one of the places, you know, the talking farm or, or local farms that we may find where we can actually uh, dispense or, or, or dispose of our spent grains instead of throwing them in the trash, which it plays back into sustainability. 
So one of the things that Beguile started, which was really terrific, was something they called the CSB, which is modeled after the CSA, uh, which would be community-supported agriculture. And you know that would be the system where you would kind of buy shares in a farm, and uh, they would show up every once a week with a box of food and whatever they happened to be ready to harvest that week. So Beguiles does the same thing. They have a CSB where they've, they've sold kind of six-month or one-year subscriptions where people you know, can come in and pick up a growler a month or two growlers a month of beer, whatever they happen to be brewing and have on tab. And, um, and they pay for all that in advance, and then they basically reserve some of the, the capacity of the brewery, and they're guaranteed, even if things sell out, that they're going to get those growlers filled. And um, so that's something, that, a model that we're looking at adopting as well, because it's worked very, very well for them, I know. So you guys are leaning pretty heavily on the community here. You're counting on being a community-supported brewery, folks that will want to subscribe to your beers. Um, you're also um, going to planning on funding a large portion of your brewery, or at least a, a good chunk of money, through Kickstarter, the online uh, crowdfunding service. Um, so you guys are really counting on people to come in and, uh, and be on your side here and be really excited about it. Um, is that something that uh, you're confident in? Are you a little nervous about whether it'll work out or not? Uh, how do, you, how, do you, how do you think about or, or get into a situation like that? Um, it, 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 well, so let me take back, start with, uh, with the community supported. And, and, and yes, we are very much like we depend on the community and, and, and we live in it. We love it. And the Kickstarter was not only something that we, we felt like, yes, we can, you know, we can, we can, it can help us to basically kickstart our production, uh, get us going. But also, uh, we found that it was, it was a perfect way to get the community involved, even before we open our doors, you know, just to give them the opportunity to be part of the, you know, to be part of founding this this place, right? Where they're inevitably going to be going to be part of their lives as well. Um, am I confident or nervous? I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> Depends when you ask. <laughs> um, I am confident. I you know that that this community uh, is very open to what we're doing here. I'm, I am confident that they, they will support us, uh, but yes, I'm a little nervous as well. <laughs> so. I mean, one of the one of the things that you can get through the Kickstarter campaign, you know, there's there's the typical kinds of things that a lot of breweries do, like T-shirts and growlers and etc. But but um, at a pretty modest level of of uh, donation, they will also get their name on that wall down there. So uh, so they 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 will be more than just kind of uh, it's more than a thank you email. It's 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 actually there'll there'll be something there that will that will be a part of them that will be part of the brewery as long as we're here. So so I mean that's that's kind of one way that we want to sort of you know not not just have involvement but but a certain kind of ownership even by the by the community around us. So. So why do Kickstarter, um, and what percentage of getting started are you relying it on, uh, on it for? Um, obviously, you guys already have a space. You've got a plan. Um, what does Kickstarter do for you, and uh, what are you planning to, uh, or what are you, and what are, I guess what are you hoping to get out of it? So the, the, the Kickstarter is, is, and I keep repeating that, but the Kickstarter is really going to help us to kickstart our production. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we have a lot in place already. Um, a lot of the, the, what's planned out, um, a lot of our funding coming from, from family and ourselves. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to allow us to actually get two more fermenters so we can offer the community more variety of beers. And that is basically what we're, uh, what we're hoping to get out of. So in some ways, it's giving back to them, <laughs> to the community that's <laughs> yeah. helping us out. And, 
and it's definitely the thing that's most directly tied to to you know what we're going to be able to sell over the counter. Um, this the, what we would love to have is six different beers on tap all the time, so that people really do have a choice when they come in here, and and they can taste several different beers, try you know try things, take take home something that that maybe is new that they haven't had before, and and then we're constantly rotating these. And that's where you just need a bunch of fermenters to do that. And so, you know, this, this would be two more fermenters than we would have. We, we could open without these fermenters, but with these fermenters, we can, we can produce a, a much bigger variety of beer on a, on a weekly basis. What's your target launch date for the Kickstarter? It is April 11th, so pretty soon. Okay. And how long is that period going to be open for folks to get in? Uh, typically 30 days. We're going to go with the 30 days from Kickstarter, yep. Just out of curiosity, what's your goal? Uh, have we said that? I think um, we it, we're basically um, have it up there right now. We have some people looking at it, but our, our what we think our goal is going to be is fifteen thousand, which is which is basically what we need to 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 pay for the whole, the two fermenters, the shipping, the installation. You know, in other words, it's not just the the cost of fermenters; it's all that other stuff too. So. When you guys start up a new brewery in Chicago, um, obviously there's a lot of folks around town that have done it before. Do you guys have particular breweries that you're allied with that you've sought advice from that uh, you know have pointed you in the right direction or steered you away from possible bad decisions? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. We're. <laughs> I think one of the one of the beautiful things about the craft beer industry here in Chicago, and I'm sure it's like that in a lot of other places in the U.S., is the camaraderie that comes with it. So we know a lot of a lot of several other breweries. Beguile is, is one of them. And yes, we've been to Big Isle and talked to them several times, <clears throat> um, bounced off some ideas, especially about the Kickstarter and the CSB model. Uh, Temperance uh, Beer Company here in Evanston, uh, you know, great friends of ours as well. And uh, we've been there, both Sean and I have been there several times helping them brew, uh, just you know, donating, spending a day, having a lot of fun doing it and, and working with them, learning from them as well. Um, Ale Syndicate is another brewery that I, I know the owners and... Uh, Really fond of those guys and, and what they do, and and you know the list goes on. <laughs> yeah, both both Cesar and I spent multiple days over you know working with Claudia at, at Temperance, their brewer, and uh, and and kind of learning what it what it's like and how to transfer kind of what we know about brewing from home home brewing to to larger systems, and uh, that was incredibly valuable to you know. So and and of course. Um, you know, there's there's the potential of all kinds of collaborations with all, every. I mean, all of these these same breweries have already been talking to us about collaborating on projects and stuff. And it, it it's it's remarkable how welcoming the craft breweries you know situation is in terms of a of a of a of the support that you get from from each other. So, I'm just curious, where did the name Sketchbook come from? So we worked on this a long time. This is like one of the hardest things. We had all these great ideas for names, and you know what? They were all taken. Sisters are here laughing, trying to hold it down. Oh my gosh, it was just incredible. I mean, we went through maybe twenty really fantastic names, and they were all taken. So, <laughs> so we had a big long process where, where everybody brainstormed. We we kind of we have a, a group of. It's not just Cesar and I. There's there's a, a set of uh, people from the neighborhood from the homebrew club who are also working with us as kind of associates. Uh, and um, and that's uh, Ted Perez and Sean Curry and Matt Kozlowski and Michael Ensdorf and uh, and not only them but all of their families as well as our families. So by the time you get all those people, you've got you know, 15 people who are actively involved in this. So we had this elaborate process for 
for um, voting and, and choosing names and this and that. And we, we finally had a short list of names that we came to. Sketchbook, I, I think, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll let Caesar take this over in a second, but I mean, to me, it kind of implies has a strong DIY message to it. You know, the idea that, and, and the idea of inventiveness um, and, and things like that are captured. Um, while I'm an artist, I'm not a visual artist as much as I'm a sound artist, so it has nothing to do with, with my own art, if you, which is what you might first think, so. I don't know, what do you think? I, 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 think, I think that, you know, as you notice, Ben, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a technology guy, I work with computers, I'm a computer scientist but I have my notebook with me all the time, right? I, I can't seem to get rid of it, and I'm always sketching or going around and saying, like, what am I going to do today, you know, drawing things out. So it fits really well because when, we, when we're coming up with a beer or a recipe, um, one of the first things that I do is I jot down my ideas. I, I you know, write down what ABV I want uh, or what kind of flavor I want, and this all translates into, you know, a, a process from, you know, some ways sketching what you want to a finished, beautiful finished product, right? So I think that transformation, that, that uh, morphing, if you will, uh, of what you, an idea to what you want to be final, final there, which is actually where you're sitting here today. It's morphing, it's, it's, an, it's an idea uh, that started out with a room that's empty and it's shaping up into, into something, one of our dreams, which is a brewery, so we can brew beer. So. Very cool. You guys uh, talked a little bit earlier about your personal favorite styles, and obviously your uh, very interesting and uh, you know not common beer that you're brewing up for Sam Adams. Um, what are some beers that you guys are getting ready to launch with when you open the brewery? Have you picked a, a few styles that you're going with, or have you already hammered down the recipes? I don't know. You want to take that first? Or you want? Okay, I'll take that first. Yeah. We we haven't hammered our recipes yet, and I'll tell you why. The most difficult part of it is that there's so many. There's so many, but we have to pick four or six to begin with that we just, we just don't know yet. We're going to have to sit down, and maybe it'll be a little easier than name picking. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I want to go back a little bit to the, uh, yes, we have, we have our, our, well, we have a lot of styles that we like and, and a lot of non, not common styles, but we also do like to brew traditionally. There's a lot of traditional beers that we love to brew, uh, going from English milds to, you know, just just. IPAs and, and, and pale ales, we're definitely going to have those beers as well. Um, but we like to stretch. We like to push the envelope a little bit as well and, and go with things that, uh, that require a little bit of thinking, a little bit of sketching <laughs> to, to get to the perfect recipe. So we are not there yet, but uh, the, list is, we, the list is big. We have to shrink it down to something we can do. <laughs> so I would, I would add to that, um, both Cesar and I are big fans of session beers, of, of kind of low alcohol beers, and, and it plays back to these traditional styles as well. These traditional styles were not these really huge, you know, ABV beers. They were, they were you know, really meant for kind of drinking on a regular basis. Um, often it was a way of, of, it was literally food, and it was literally kind of a way of purifying water and, and other kinds of things, you know, when, when beer was first made. So, so we're, we're both interested in these kinds of beers particularly, I would say. So for me, there are certain kinds of um, traditional styles that fit that bill really nicely. So like, the, you know, the dry stout, you know, um, like, a, like a Guinness or, or one of those kinds of beers. And I've made a, quite a few of those now. And, and, uh, and that's a way you can get a lot of flavor without a lot of alcohol in, in a beer like that. So, and there are other kind of styles like that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of maltiness. As I said before, I'm not not as drawn to hops as, as maybe some. And so for me, there, there are German styles and there are certain kinds of, 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 
of like I, I love rye, for instance. So I love to use rye as a kind of a, a, a spicy, bitter note instead of hops. And so um, ales made with rye are something that I'm, I'm really drawn to, and I'm sure we'll have several of those. So anything you want to add into that? Uh, now that the the uh, <laughs> the flow has started a little bit in terms of styles. <laughs> Well, Sean just made my, 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 my mouth water a little bit. I, just, I, I, need, a, I need a beer. <laughs> um, no, I, th I think Sean covered. I mean, it's just, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a great journey because our minds are going to be the only thing that will, will stop us. You know, we're going to be thinking of things and brewing them the month after. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. I would, uh, I would add, you know, the craft beer scene has very much been on the rise in the past few years. Um, you know, every year they're talking, they talk about how traditional beer sales have fallen and craft beer sales are up 5%, 10% every year. Um, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but every year they talk, there's, a, there's a list of how many new breweries are in the works. Um, do you worry at all about, um, about there being a point at which the craft beer scene has hit its maximum and when that might be and if you guys might... Um, how your brewery might fall into that timeline as it comes out? I mean, what I would say is this is one of the, 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 the ideas of being local, is, is we're, we're at least certainly not right away and possibly never going to try to go head-to-head -head with all of those really good breweries that are out there that are established and making great beer. You know, I mean, I think we're, we're really kind of very serious about this idea of, of being local. Um, it's quite possible for us, you know, expansion, you know, like getting larger might not mean, you know, making a bigger brewery. It might mean opening a second brewery, another small brewery in a different neighborhood, right? That would be a, another way to think about expansion. So I, th I think that's one way that we, that we sort of deal with that because you're right, there's, there's just a lot of fantastic beer out there right now. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would think one thing that I want to add to that is that we're, we're not coming into this, this, Industry, thinking uh, to you know, to grow exponentially and 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 become the biggest brewery out there. No, we we are we want to be local, and if there's a point in time where we can repeat that somewhere else, we would definitely do that. And I, I would say that it, it would be similar to another like a small another small shop like a bakery right? or or a butcher shop like Sean said. I mean, it will it, it's kind of like organically finds its way into the community and then. It would be if it's too much to have a second one. Then that second one wouldn't install themselves over there. They would go somewhere else, right? So, so I think I think there will be a time where we might taper off in the number of new breweries that, that are open. Um, but back to the numbers that I don't have the exact same numbers again. But we were in the 1820s or so. We had uh, or 1850s. We had close to 2,000 breweries in the U.S. And that declined tremendously. And now we're back to, I think it's about 2,500, 2,700. But the population of the country is much bigger than 1820s, isn't it? So I think there's ways to go still. It's also interesting. I mean, you, you speak about sort of nationwide. But here in Evanston, you know, we will be the fourth brewery opening in how, how long? Like a year, maybe? Yes. Yeah. So, and, and we are fairly different than the others. I mean, Temperance is a pretty good-sized brewery. Um, with a tap room, you know, and things we don't have. Um, Smiley Brothers, which will be, will be open, I think, sometime early summer, I believe, um, is, is, a, is really a brew pub, kind of explicitly. And then Peckish Pig, which opened down on Howard Street, 
is also a, a brew pub. So, so for us, there's, there's definitely, we're smaller and you know, kind of a, a slightly different flavor. And I think right now, everyone that we've talked to in Evanston feels that, that, that this isn't too many breweries for Evanston, that in some ways, the more the merrier, you know, and that, that, we're, that we have the ability, I think, to kind of create a scene here in, in town where people may actually come here, you know, to, to, to visit several breweries when they come, so, yeah. And you are keeping your day jobs. Yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. At least for now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I teach at the School of the Art Institute, and uh, I sort of, in, in some ways, you know, I, I work in sound and media art, and I kind of view this as a, as a sort of a, an art project at some levels. So, yeah, same for me. I mean, I'm definitely going to keep my day job, and uh, uh, I do, I do have aspirations to, to do this full time in a few years from now. So, if the opportunity comes, I will definitely look into that as well. All right. Um, well, uh, do you guys have anything else you'd like to add or anything else we've forgotten to, uh, to talk about? Uh, open session. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I would say, you know, we, we should maybe just reiterate to, to, to look for our, we have a Facebook page. You know, if you go to Facebook, that's where, like, our most kind of sort of recent news is generally going to show up. It's just sketch, sketchbook brewing. And, um, and then look for our Kickstarter campaign on April 11th. And if you go to Kickstarter or if you go to our Facebook page or our website, any of those places will obviously point you right to the Kickstarter page. And uh, we have some wonderful things that are going to be up there. That Some of them are one-time things that you won't be able to get otherwise. Uh, we have a great local artist we're working with who is contributing stuff. And um, so, you know, I would say definitely visit it and, uh, and ho hopefully help us out. I, uh, yeah, hard, hard, hard to beat that, Sean. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, just just come, you know, visit us uh, online right now and uh, um, on Facebook, and then you know, drop a comment or two. We'll, we're always reachable. I'm, I'm watching that every day. Love to love to see our fans uh, liking us and and then asking questions and getting pumped up just like we are for our for our opening. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out, and or thanks for letting us come out and talk to you guys here in this uh, in this little unfinished room off the uh, alley with the orange door. Um, <laughs> For Over the Barrel the, and uh, Sun Times Media, I'm Ben Meyerson. I'm Rich Bird. Right, thanks for joining us.